Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe. Hosted on the Relay FI network, this episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace and Linode. And I'm one of your hosts, Yasmin Evian, and joining me as always, my wonderful co-hosts, Russell Ivanovich and Andy Anako. Hello, friends. Hello, Hello Yasmin. And this week was kind of a whole set of, of controversy that was going around in the Material uh, community. I think it was bigger controversy than even uh, Team GIF or Team GIF. There was a whole set of, of things. <laughs> and it was whether when I end the show, so when I end the show, I usually tell our our listeners, I say, stay in Material. And the question was, is Yasmin saying in Material or immaterial? And how this whole thing kind of set out to be is that one of our listeners wrote in and said, hey, when can we get a material shirt, you know, a listener shirt? And I wrote back and I said, what would you like on this on this shirt? And they were like, and they re- responded by saying, maybe, you know, the, the closing where Yasmin say, says, stay in material, immaterial. So I, I wondered, I, I, I sent a message to Russell and I was like, hey, when I close out the show, do you think I'm saying immaterial or immaterial? And we had this whole discussion about what people thought I was uh, closing the show for, which opens up a whole another set of questions. So first, before we, we kind of go into this discussion, I want to ask our both of my co-hosts what they thought I was closing the show with, and then I'll tell you the answer. I always thought you were saying stay immaterial, which to me was like a funny way of saying that we're uh, we're not going to be with you for the next seven days, and so there's sort of an immateriality to the relationship. So you're going to be in this hazy cloud sort of thing uh, until we record again. See, for for my part, I thought it was in material, and I thought you were trying to tell me to stay clothed. I'm like, Yasmin, you do know I wear clothes like outside of the show. I, I know we run like a, a video thing so we can see each other, like you know, while we're talking here. I I do wear clothes in the rest of my life as well. You don't have to keep telling me like stay material, Russell. Stay material. Keep the material on. Just, just that was keep it on. <laughs> that was actually one of the jokes that one of our listeners uh, submitted was like. I thought you were telling Andy and Russell to stay like in material, stay with their clothes on. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what happens. I wanted to remind them, hey, I know we're about to end the show, but we're still recording. The camera is still live. Please keep your clothes on. OK, we, we need you to stay in material. Uh, but <laughs> the funny the funny part is when when people for the the answers are actually pretty split, like 50 50. There is maybe one more for in in material than the other but like if we would have kept this going on i bet you there could have been another vote for immaterial uh so it was pretty funny but i for one of the people that said stay immaterial i asked him what do you what do you even think that means because if you were to look at the definition for immaterial it is what what is the definition guys it says uh one of them is irrelevant unimportant (laughs) insignificant Uh, The other one is bodiless, disembodied. (laughs) So I was, (laughs) I I guess I was uh, telling our listeners, you know, to uh, stay unimportant, which is not true. (laughs) But one of the responses. We're not here to improve, to impose roles upon you, whatever, however you wish to (laughs) define yourselves, we're willing to embrace and accept that. But one of my favorite uh, definitions of what they thought I was saying for the immaterial response was, a material person is someone who puts their desires for the riches of this world above all others. I figured you were just saying, yo, be a good person. There's more to life than stuff. And, and I wish I was as more as profound as that person thought I was, but I really was not that profound. See, I thought you were telling me to buy stuff. I thought you were basically <laughs> staying, you know, stay in material. Just just keep buying things. You know, it's a material world. And uh, Russell, you know, you are a material guy. So, so get into it. So get into it. So... Here is where I come clean. I was actually saying I-N 
material in material and I really didn't mean anything. There's like no meaning to it besides the fact of, hey, maybe stay in material as in our pod- podcast, keep on listening to us. Or maybe it was stay in material and in, in like in material apps uh, around Google, you know, Google apps. Um, so I, <laughs> there, there really wasn't that much significance. To Whoa, it. Is, this, is this like a massive spoiler? Have I been watching, you know, all 28 28- episodes of the show up till now only to find out that uh, a little bit like the the writers of lost did you've you've kind of copped out a bit there in the end yes i mean there's you mean there's no meaning to this why why have we done all this you know Once it can again, be the meaning the questions that, that our listeners want to know <laughs> <laughs> so i'm sorry that i'm not as profound as you uh, listeners out there think i am <laughs> Well, on, on behalf of all our listeners, I'd just like to say how, how disappointing. It's both it's both disappointing but also a relief that uh, we finally finally figured this out after all these episodes. Also, let's, let's encourage our listeners to now – it's sort of like uh, when you get to the end of The Sixth Sense when you realize that – uh, that the the psychologist was actually a ghost all along. It sort Wait of invites you. Andy, to, you it sort of invites it. you to watch the movie all over again with this new understanding. So, just go through all of our episodes up to this point now with the understanding that the sign off from Yasmin was not what it was appeared initially appeared to be. And that <laughs> oh, also means to listen to all the ads all over again and maybe reconsider <laughs> uh, buying our sponsors' merchandise using our offer codes. Yeah, the, the so ones this that is in no the, means self serving. The ones that are still valid anyway. And even if they're not valid, those extra listen numbers will help us uh, go back to our overlords <laughs> and look, be like, look, our past subscriber base is through the roof. Look at these charts. So I'm glad we, we got that answered and out of the way. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry to disappoint if you were thinking that I was saying something more profound. But Andy, I hear that you have a Huawei watch. Indeed, I have the steel, the steel Oreo cookie sized uh, Huawei watch. I'm, I'm talking about the size of Oreos when, like, all of us were kids, not the kinds that are are are, are, are the double stuff sized Oreos. Uh, pretty cool. Um, I'm fine that I'm missing a couple of things that are just so crazy and stupid. Like, um, it's a it's it's definitely the most beautiful looking watch, the Android Wear watch that I've tried yet. Uh, it's the, it really does look like a premium stainless steel round watch. The cookie button is really really nice. The only two the only th- two things that I don't like about it so far are I'm so used to on the Moto 360 just having this drop in cradle on my nightstand that doesn't care if I line anything up and doesn't care if I go and find any sort of a recharging cord. It's just something I drop the watch into. The uh, the uh, Huawei watch has uh, a contact. Uh, charger on the back it's not wireless so it's not like it's hard to line that cable up but it's at the time when you're going to sleep and your cpu is very much underclocked uh it's it's not it's another thing to do also is it sorry just to stop you is it like the lg one where it magnetically pulls itself in i don't know if you've had any of the the lg watches it does it does hold itself right it's not it's not like uh, the old samsung watches where you have to sort of clip it into uh, a sort of like a mechanical grabber uh, but you do have to – it doesn't line – it's not like, uh, for instance, the Apple Watch where all you got to do is just bring it close and it just any kind of contact will make it work. Uh, you do – again, it's a it's a, a pin contacts that have to line up. So you might have to at least look at the backs of these things before they click in. Um, the only other thing is that the screen is very bright, which is great if you're worried about, like, sunlight. And it's great if you want, like, the most beautiful, like – background photo when instagram tells you there's a new post or something but omg if it lights up while you're inside a theater 
it's not just oh dear, I I, I, I should turn that off. It's like holy crap! It's, <laughs> what's 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 that big purple circle on the ceiling of the theater? It's my watch lighting up. Uh, so that's how you got to so, put it in theater mode, Andy. Yeah, pro, yeah, exactly. pro well, tip for the Android like, Wear people up out there: you pull down from the top. I think you swipe yep. left one, and you've got theater mode right there. So, but so, sometimes, but sometimes you do forget. <laughs> and also, and also, and also, like. Uh, if you are if when you're in the when you're, when you're in a hotel room and you just are scra- scrabbling to like get what's what's uh, what's on my watch what time it is your again your brain is not really set up to have the spotlight inside your eyes it's it's not a deal breaker it's just having used like so many other watches that are a little bit more courteous in terms of screen brightness it's a little bit of a shock but it it it, it is a very pretty watch and the, and the other thing is that. So now I finally am wearing uh, almost daily a circular watch that doesn't have uh, the flat tire on it. I find that I'm I, I'm not I wasn't actually losing a whole lot of productivity with those miss, missing pixels on the Moto 360. It's nice, it's lovely to see the bottom of the number 6 on a number dial, uh, but it's not that big a deal. What about the AMOLED? Do you like the the AMOLED screen? No, it's it's sharp. It's snappy. It definitely looks a lot nicer than the Moto 360. But it's not as though I was. Uh, it's not as though I was complaining about the resolution of the 360. One of the nice things about the uh, about the about Android Wear is that it really tries not to put too much on that display at once. So it's not as though uh, it's, it's not as though I was squinting to try to get the uh, get the context of these notifications out. It, you really notice it when you have background images that these notifications try to throw up and it really does look beautiful and it really does look pretty a lot of other watch faces look twice as nice and twice as sharp uh in terms of letting you appreciate just how beautiful these things are uh so that amoled really shows it off but um it, it is thick is noticeably thicker than the uh, uh than the moto 360 i don't know how much of that is because of the case i don't think it's that much i think that they it really does have to have a larger battery to back up that uh, that amoled display uh we'll find out about that a little later on uh but it's it's uh, if you want the if you want the sharpest looking watch uh it really is so far the huawei watch uh, but let's find out what's going to happen in 2016 uh because boy a lot a lot, a lot of thrusters have been put under these engines uh, of uh, android wear watches this is going to be a really really great year <laughs> so all, the way, all the way around can, can i give you a hypothetical andy uh, let's Let's pretend that you're not uh, rolling in Relay FM money as the the sponsorship money comes in and the all, all the other listeners you know are sending us money. And let's pretend that your birthday's coming up. You know, congratulations, happy birthday! And so I've got a choice between the Moto 360 version two and the Huawei Watch um, to get you. Just hypothetically speaking, which which one would you prefer if you didn't have either of those? I'd probably go for the 360. Because it seem it feels more comfortable to again it's it's the it's it's a little bit more comfortable to wear. Uh, I, again, I like the wireless charging. I like just dropping it in there. Uh, functionally, I don't see a lot of difference between the two. It's not as though any one of them seems to be more sprightly than the other. Uh, but it could be that I'm just uh, used to the I'm just used to having the the 360 on my wrist. I I have to admit that I'm not yet into absolute everyday deep soak testing of the Huawei. I'm just Still in the habit of just grabbing the 360 off of my nightstand uh, and 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 syncing that up instead of uh, going for the Huawei. Nice, good, good value though. Again, for four, it it does look and feel like a four hundred dollar watch. It's not like some other smart watches where it's like, really, you're, you're asking this much for essentially a Casio G-Shock watch that's that 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 uh, takes in uh, phone messages. Okay, <laughs> nice. I, 
I think I even saw that it was uh, going for $200 right now, like on sale on somewhere. We'll put a link. We'll see if it's still going on sale when we release the episode. But yeah, it, it's uh, I've seen the Huawei watch and the Moto 360, both of them side by side. And um, I, yeah, I agree. I think the Moto 360 just looks a little bit nicer because it's not the the casing around it is not as thick. But the that that's a that's a big thing. But um, you know the AMOLED, I'm a, like I've said before, I'm a sucker for AMOLED display, and that just looks really nice, and no black bar. Um, but yeah, I I think this is great news for the future of Android Wear watches. That whatever comes next is just going to be beautiful. Yeah, I'm really excited about what's coming in 2016, and the I guess it's technically probably the third generation of some of these watches. You had the original um samsung live something or other and the lg g watch that came out you know an io almost two years ago now and now a lot of manufacturers look like they're revving up for the third one and i hope they're you know thinner smaller things like nfc like like we've been hoping for um i do have one other confession as the non-american here i feel like i can i can own up to this we talked about um google io last year and i uh, sorry last year i did it again last episode <laughs> it wasn't last year russell so uh, we talked about the Shoreline Amphitheatre, and I just assumed, I don't know why, I assumed it was smaller than Moscone West and they were moving to some tiny little thing in Mountain View. It turns out this is a place where they hold giant concerts. So you can have 22,500 people there um, if they're standing. I believe there's seats for 6,500 people. So this is not a small place. I take it back. I was completely and utterly wrong about that. It's it's a giant amphitheatre. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it will be outdoors, though, so that is like a concern. Yeah, I don't know. I assume they're going to be maybe putting up tents or some kind of roofing or something. I can't imagine they'd they'd leave it up to, oh, if it rains, we'll just huddle (laughs) under this thing. (laughs) Everyone hide under the drones. They have umbrellas (laughs) attached to them. (laughs) Just just be on guard. They're just trying to trick you into getting sun. Uh, They're trying to lure all these engineers in. All you white guys, try to protect your greenish-blue pallor. You've earned that through, through five years of crunch time programming. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i can just see all these days programmers that uh, whose eyes are just used to being in in darkened rooms and they're all walking outside going, oh it burns what is what is this what is this and google can be like well google glass 2.0 here you go protects you from the uh you know the searing bull of rings yeah. fiery death upon us <laughs> how much would you pay Help for this Pindar. considering you're going to yeah. be here for the next three days I, I am sure they'll figure this all out, but I remember being pretty cold when I was at Google I.O. last year, so I'm sure they'll have heaters and all that stuff, hopefully. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to think, yeah, the weather in San Francisco around that time is a bit a bit unpredictable, isn't it? It can be hot, it can be cold, it just kind of varies. Yep. I, just, I just love being in San Francisco, and it's 52, 53 degrees, and I'm like, this is great. I don't even need a jacket. I'm going to roll my sleeves up. And I see people walking around like they're hugging in, in a thick coat, hugging themselves as they're crossing the street. <laughs> There's some serious wind in that city as well. I remember turning down, I don't remember what street it is, but it's no wind. And I turned down a side street and just headwind right in my face. And I'm trying to brace myself and kind of walking slowly forward. I'm like, what? what is this? We don't really get this anywhere in Adelaide. And it, it is nice coming from Arizona where it's like burning hot and then you go to San Francisco, you're like, ooh, I'm going to get a hot coffee. Like, this feels nice. <laughs> I don't have to paint myself with late white latex paint to avoid getting skin cancer. With tw- and I can stay out for more than 20 minutes. It's wonderful. <laughs> it, it is an awfully aggressive sun out there. I mean, just almost, <laughs> almost a rude and obnoxious <laughs> level of sunlight. It's like when I told my eye doctor that I wasn't wearing sunglasses and she gave me this look like, you're going to destroy your vision. You better get some sunglasses. And then Warby Parker, one of our sponsors, 
kindly uh, gifted us some sunglasses. So so now my uh, doctor is happy. I feel left out here. I'm looking at our two uh, co-hosts, and they both wear glasses, and I don't. I didn't, I didn't get anything from Warby Parker. <laughs> hey, they have non-prescription ones. You can look just like <laughs> us, Russell, with that. i, I got to say that was my other highlight of San Francisco. So I went to all the... I don't know if hipster is a cool thing to call it, but I went to all these really fancy-looking cafes. And, you know, we're talking about places with record players and giant record collections, like shelves and shelves and shelves worth of records. And the staff were all universally um, sporting glasses, and some of them didn't have, even have lenses. So maybe maybe that's a trend <laughs> I need to get into is just you, you've got to have the specs on the face. It doesn't matter whether you, whether you need the lenses or not. One other bit of news that came out this week is an update to Google Maps. And it, it's a whole bunch of new driving features. So, you know, Google Maps already has the feature where it knows about your recent locations. You know, you can save favorites in there, which is something I do. And it's it's getting more aware about, you know, places you go and what you might want to do, you know, on the way to some of these places. So simple things like, you know, there's a, there's a traffic roadblock here, you know, this is your ETA. But also things like, hey, you know, you like to stop at this particular spot or you like to do this particular thing. Here's, you know, just in case you're interested, here's how you might... Um, you know, go about doing that while still making it to, you know, your destination on time. And I think this is a, you know, these are some really cool features that I love um, that are built into Google Maps. I, I believe you had a product in the US called Waze that, that Google purchased and I think still now owns that that does similar sort of things. But it, it's really cool to see it, um, you know, built back into the, the main application. The only downside, of course, is just like normal, this is not in Australia yet. So come on, Google. <laughs> I need to know how to avoid uh, all the killer koalas on the way home. And I just don't see that. And sometimes I run into them and then I tell you what, it is is—it is a struggle. I have to, you know, enable the special defensive mode in my car. I have to, you know, zigzag down the street, you know, serpentine, all that sort of thing. It's, yeah, it's it's crazy out there. Yeah, you can even add a... Drive, start driving shortcuts into your home screen. So if you wanted to add like a specific place that you you often go to, you can you can add that as a widget, and it will take you there and tell you the the estimated time, which is pretty cool. Um, and I believe that the ways. So one of the main uh, benefits of ways was the community, and that they would always report when there was accidents or where there was like a cop or down the down the road. And I think that's actually what made Google Maps better, right? In terms of finding out traffic and finding out if there's a, if there's any tra- um, accidents on the way. Yeah, well, there, it's uh, a while ago. Uh, Google Maps started integrating data from ways. Because sometimes if there was a traffic alert, it would actually, in the Google Maps app, tell you where it got that information from, which is a source from Waze. Um, This is kind of interesting because it really does tie into uh, Google trying to do your thinking, do things, make decisions that seem to make sense and avoid making you tell it how to do something specific. So uh, although you still can certainly, the the default mode is you just launch Google Maps and it will just, you know, you type in an address uh, or use a saved location. Uh, in this one, you can basically dump a widget on your shortcut that simply says start driving. And so it will, based on what time of day it is, where you are right now, what what day of the week it is, it will figure out that uh, it, it will automatically give you from where you are, here's a route that will take you home, here's a route that will take you to the bowling alley because it's Thursday and, and you have a league night on Thursday. Uh, if you try to do it like on Wednesday at 11, or for, if it's me, it'll say here's the route to the comic book shop because we know that we tend to go there. So it's not lo- not as though it will like lock you into any one of these three, but it it's going to figure out that maybe you're, prob- maybe you're not going to the post office or the FedEx or if you're, if you're at home, maybe you're not going to drive home. 
Chrome. Uh, and as with a lot of Google services that use deep learning, once it the more you use it, the smarter it gets. I was using this feature a lot in ways, and oh goodness, it's uh, we, we sometimes talk about this that balance point between supremely creepy. But actually, this is creepy, but really, really useful. So I'm not going to be afraid of it. Like the first time, I, uh, I I often go to lunch uh, at the same place with the same group of friends on a regular schedule. And after using Waze for like two or three weeks, I would pull out of the driveway and I'm about to and, let, let, use, and I'm about to let the engine warm up. About to type in the address of the restaurant. Said, "Are you going to blah blah blah?" And there's this countdown countdown timer where if I do nothing, it will plot in a route to this place that I go to at the same day of every week. And it's like, that's very, very good. Cool. Th thank you, Magic Window. <laughs> yes, you, you may plot my course to that place. So this is sort of like, it seems like a lot of that more ease of use of trying to make, especially if you're using a phone in a car, the ability to not force you to stop and type things in and just simply acknowledge that you've made Two guesses, and guess number one is correct. Yes, please uh, take me to the Dairy Queen. It's also interesting. I I can't help but think that someone's been parsing the last few episodes of our show because literally in their official blog post, you've got the likelihood of stop-and-go traffic <laughs> looms in front of you. Yet at the same time, the latest episode of... Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey <laughs> and the comfort of your couch are calling. I'm like, have they have they been listening to our show? Is that is that literally one of the sources that goes into Google Maps? I don't know, but... You know, based on this information, that it's it's highly likely, I'd say. I, I think there, yeah, Google Maps has definitely listened to material podcasts and getting their information through us. Google Maps has uh, so become such a useful tool in so many ways. Like, um, I I had an appointment to go have dinner with an appointment. It's not an appointment if I'm having dinner with you. It was a fun event, okay? Sorry, <laughs> I had, but it was on my calendar that I was going to be having dinner at this restaurant. And as if I was as I was navigating through the map. Um, I was looking for different places and one of the options was the place that I was actually going to have dinner at. And it, in little small letters, it said like dinner, 6 PM Saturday. And I was like, that is awesome. It's giving me context, reminding me like, Hey, this is the place that you're going to be having dinner at without me having to research that. Like it's just providing all that useful information because all your data is being fielded through Google, which is really, really the neat part in it. And I really think Maps is probably one of my favorite uh, Google apps just because of all the fun stuff they're doing. And especially with adding this uh, built into Maps to knowing where you're gonna be going next, you don't have to go into Google now and select navigate from there if it's already built into the Google Maps app. So like that stuff is really, really cool. And I actually got to use one of the really neat features from Google Maps over the weekend, which was you can search for places along your route, which is one of the things that we've all been like advocating for. We're like, oh, we want to, you know, there's sometimes you need to make a pit stop and you don't want to chart a new navigate, like a new navigation. You just want to go through there. And so we were, we, we were in Tucson, which is like a city south of uh, Phoenix, and we were navigating and my husband's like, oh man, I really need some sunglasses. This is really bright out. So as we were going out to lunch, I said, uh, I Googled for like sports stores and it gave me all these different sports uh, stores options. And it told me the driving time to each one of them. So it was like, Hey, this one's going to take you three minutes to go to. And this one's going to take you like 15 minutes out of your way. If you, what, how much time do you have to lose? Um, and so those, that was really cool. We, you know, chose the quickest sports store and navigated to that. And then there was still a notification on there that said, continue on to your destination. And you would tap on that and continue back to wherever you were originally going. Uh, these features make traveling so much better. Like they don't make you feel <laughs> lost in a, in a new city. 
Yeah, definitely. And I've I've come, I know I've said this in previous shows, but I've come to rely on it. So this morning, um, pretty much every morning when I get into the car to drive to work, I open Google Maps just to see which route it says I should take. And this morning, it took me a different way. And you know, in, in previous times, I might have been like, "No, Google, I'm going this way because this is." <laughs> I'm like, "All right, let, let's go this way." And it turned out there's a giant cycling event happening here in Adelaide. We've got the the Tour Down Under, which is a, a huge thing. You know, they block off major roads and stuff. And if I hadn't listened to Google, you know, our Google overlords, I would have driven straight into this cycling event and just spent like <laughs> I might have. Not have even made it for this show and the other thing i've noticed is um they also pick up things you do in google searches so um there was a time when we were looking for you know houses around the kind of area that we live in around the school our, our kids um go to and you know it was michelle i happened to be logged in and she was doing all these google searches for these houses and then you get in the car and google would be like hey five minutes to this destination i'm like what why would I want to go there? And Michelle's like, oh, yeah, like I looked at that property on, on this website and I Googled it. I'm like, oh, okay, should we go and have a look? <laughs> it's just this really funny like convergence of these two moments where I'm like, no, it's doing it wrong. And she's like, no, 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 I did, I did Google search that. I think Google needs to go into the real estate market. There we go. <laughs> I, but we, we can't leave this topic since you since you brought it up russell it's like the, my favorite like google maps related thing and was actually a ways related thing and it's, it's just as you say there are routes that you drive all the time and you just use the maps just to alert you when there might be like traffic problems or just to basically keep you apprised of okay there are cops ahead or there's construction ahead or there's an, there was an accident ahead and so there are times where you just like Thank you, Magic Voice, but I know that I know that uh, I'm, if I'm south of Boston, I need to get out of I-95 to get back home. Uh, and so Magic Voice was like that dog that kept barking at the closet long after, like, the human starts, will you, will you stop barking at that closet for heaven's sake until you realize that, my goodness, if he's still barking at that closet, there must be an axe murderer in there. It was like, take, take the next exit off of I-95. Like, okay, whatever. Take the next exit off of I. I passed by that too. The third time, I'm like I have, I don't see any traffic stacked up. Okay, well I'll take the next exit just to pull over someplace and to a gas station to find out what's going on. What had happened was, unbeknownst to me, like ten miles up ahead, a tractor trailer had snagged like a a power line or a telephone line that had been strung across all of the the entirety of I-95 northbound and southbound lanes, pulling it down closing down the main north-south artery that connects all of eastern Massachusetts. And so I had avoided by maybe 15 minutes being completely stuck in standstill traffic for at least an hour. And I'm like, thank you, thank you, Magic Voice. And it, and it, 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 even, it, it even couldn't find me a route around it because it just was such an Armageddon situation. So I was like, okay, okay, Magic Voice, the next time you tell me something, I'm not going to dismiss you out of hand. I will at least listen to what you have to say. Google, I promise to always listen to what you say. I'm so sorry. It's like when I took my mom to the airport and she's like, take this route. And I was like, no, mom, Google tells me to take this. And she's like... Okay, trust Google, and I, I did, and I got there faster. So thank you, Google. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that to my sister as well. She lives in another city that I'm not f- really familiar with. I, I visit her every now and again, and I literally beat her to her own house, and she knows all, all the shortcuts <laughs> and all, all the uh, the routes. So, but I just follow Google, and I got there before, and I'm like, well, this is awkward. What, what do I do now? I had to wait for her to like come and open the garage. But I'm like, yes, Google won the day. So. Speaking of winning, we we do have to pay for this show, and we do have to pay for um, you know Andy's enormously large watch collection that uh, he started to accumulate. There, I, I think he might be trying to approach mine. I think I have about seven or eight Android Wear watches. I, I don't know if Andy's 
you know, got more or he's climbing there. But one of our sponsors this week is Linode. So if you've never heard of, of Linode, they run um, high-performance SSD Linux servers and they have eight data centers around the world, which makes it a really good solution if you're a developer like me and you need to build out a server infrastructure, but you don't want to buy the physical hardware. You know, that's really expensive and trying to get it into a data center is, is really complicated. And Linode just ca- takes care of all that. You can literally get up and running in under a minute and plans start from just $10 a month. Um, you can choose your resources, what kind of Linux distribution you want, um, you know, what city you want to host it in, which particular data center. And then once you're running, you can easily you know, deploy, boot, and resize with just a few clicks. So we, it's funny, we actually use Linode here for a lot of you know, our sort of backend servers. And we really sort of appreciate that flexibility. So we, we have times when we're like, ah, oh, you know, you need more RAM or you need more disk space or you need more CPU. And it's just a matter of going into the admin area and you're like, okay, this much RAM, uh, you know, this much this, save, reboot, boom. You've, you've got all the resources, you know, that you need. And that's one of the benefits of, you know, that kind of managed hosting in the cloud. All of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing um, with a monthly cap. So, you know, this is the most I'll be up for. There's no weird sort of, um, you know, pricing per CPU usage or anything like you get dedicated resources and they cost you know a certain amount and you know at the end of the month if, if I've used it for that entire month you know this is how much I'll be planning um, they have additional things like backups and node balances that you can add in there as well and they have over 400,000 customers so there are a whole bunch of people you know like Shifty Jelly is one of them who who are using it and they get 24-7 support and I can I can say from a you know personal recommendation point of view, we have we've used their support. You know, occasionally in data centers things go wrong, and you want to know not so much that things are never never going to go wrong because that's that's an inevitability. You more want to know that when things go wrong, you've got someone to talk to, and and the support team is great. You know, you just file a ticket, they get back to you, they they fixed it in, they fix it instantly because their entire company is you know about the server infrastructure. So the other good thing about Linode is that they're really committed to improving their in- infrastructure. So re- there, there was a time when they weren't SSD based, and you know they rolled that out to every single instance. Um, and for those of you that don't know, that that's basically fast hard drives. You know, you can double, triple, you know, 10x the speed of something, and they just rolled that out everywhere. The same thing when they moved from a technology called Zen to KVM. Um, some of you are nodding your heads, and the rest of you are like, I have no idea what Rusty's talking about. <laughs> but it's basically like, yeah, speed improvements that they roll out, you know, across across everything, and. They, they do it in a way that they never take your thing offline. They're like, hey, this upgrade's available. You know, do you want it? And you opt in and you get it. So to sum up Linode, it's great for tasks like, you know, you want to run a private Git server, you want to host a large database, you want to run a mail server, or you want to run a backend for, you know, podcasts or weather like we do. It's, it's great for all that sort of stuff because you can choose from the smallest plans all the way up to the biggest ones. And if you sign up today, of course, linode.com, L-I-N-O-D.com slash material, you'll get $20 towards your first plan. So there's a seven-day money-back guarantee as well. So I'd, I'd encourage you, if you have any sort of need for this sort of stuff, go and check it out. Um, you know, Use the, the slash material offer code. And if, if for any reason you don't like it, you've got seven days to, to get your money back. So again, linode.com slash material. Um, you can find out more. You can take advantage of that $20 credit. Or if you're already in the checkout process, material20 is the code you want to use at checkout. So... Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. And thank you, Linode, for keeping the shifty servers running so we can get our wonderful <laughs> podcast. And by, car- by correlation, you, the listeners. <laughs> so there's a great interview in uh, Search Engine Land uh, uh, a few days ago with, God, I need to, I, I'm, 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 no, I've just made a post-it note to myself to contact Google PR and ask if there's a pronunciation guide 
because I feel like I'm disrespecting Google executives when I'm mispronouncing their names or taking the most respectful guess. guess. Uh, especially when you have someone as famous as Amit Singhal, uh, who is the basically head of, uh, head of Google search. Uh, but th- this interview uh, at Search Engine Land is talking about how he's essentially been dogfooding Google's own mobile experience by doing pretty much all of his work 24-7 on two phones and pretty much giving up keyboards and laptops. Uh, he's, he has two phones on him, an iPhone 6 Plus and a Samsung Galaxy S6. Uh, he says that he carries both of them, A, because of the cross-platform experience and also to make sure that he always has battery at the end of the day. Um, but he says that the only times that he really reaches for a keyboard or a conventional web browser is when he has to write super long emails. But otherwise, he does everything on these two phones. Um, and it's uh, reassuring to know that he's going to have the exact same problems that we're having. And he, unlike us, he has the ability to actually push a button and make things better. So it's really <laughs> interesting to hear him talk about what his own frustrations have been. Uh, and they're not—they're really not terribly dramatic. It's—it's uh, it's, uh, things like moving data between two different apps uh, that he's—he responds to. Uh, he talks about the problem of you—you do—you do a search and you find, or you're noodling around, you find the name of a hotel that you want to do a booking for or get more information on, and of course, on a laptop, you just copy and paste. Whereas, and this is this is a, a transcript of what he says. Whereas on the on the on a on a handheld device, it's. <sighs> you know, because it's it's just so difficult to do. Um, he talks about the difference of how uh, things like uh, speech to text is a great solution, but he spends six or seven hours a day in meetings, so he can't just simply use speech to text for pretty much everything. So he's just looking for ways that he can swipe through things. That you think that that would kind of illustrate a lot of the direction that uh, that Google's been taking. Uh, that there's so like like what we we're just talking about, but that new maps feature where here is a way for Google to predict what you are going to want to type and then save you from having to either type that information or copy it from another app. Um, he's also talking about how uh, he wishes that uh, features like Google Now were everywhere because not only does that solve all those problems, but it's really really difficult to move from uh, to, to basically get two apps to work together. Uh, in any sort of meaningful way, um, it's the whole thing is 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 really uh, worth a good read. Uh, I also had to highlight uh, <laughs> highlight one bit because uh, while he's talking about uh, about speech to text, he's talking about how uh, his 15 year old son. Uh, he's, he says, uh, I've rarely seen this guy type on his mobile device. He does his homework, I'm not kidding, like this, with a pencil in one hand and his phone in the other hand. I've seen him so many times. He's like, he's, his son's speaking to the phone, when was the Second World War? And this has become his habit. We'll be in a room. I'll, I'll be in a room. He'll be in his room. And we'll hear Google talk back all the time. And I'm like, okay, dude's doing homework. Good. <laughs> I don't know if I could do what he did. Like, I don't know if I could survive on just a phone for an entire year. It's it's like those those reviewers of those powdered like soylent drinks who decide they're going to live on nothing but powdered drinks for an entire week. I don't know if I could do it. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen people, even our own uh, Federico Vitici here on the the Relay Network, that that only use tablets for all their work. And even that I struggle with. I'm like, I know it's bigger and I know you can get a keyboard. And I know these days you can even get a, a stylus that goes with it. But I'm like, oh, I just, I love my computer so much. I don't know that I could, could ever give that up. And I think it's interesting for someone in such a, a high level position to actually be trying this out. And I thought, 
thought it was interesting. You know, occasionally he gives you know fairly politically correct answers when they're asking him. You know, which which phone do you prefer? Do you have preferences? Like, you know, I love them all. They're they're all our partners. You know, smile, smile. But he he does say an interesting thing. I'm just trying to find it here about Chrome. So he's he's got all his passwords saved in Chrome. But he says, even though Chrome has my password saved and everything, it still doesn't feel great. And he's talking about the the way you have to, you know, when you go to a mobile website and you have to log in or you go to an app and you have to log in, there's still some massive pain points there, you know, on the phone. Whereas on the desktop, you know, some of that stuff is is a lot easier. Someone needs to tell him about 1Password. <laughs> Although, you know, I can't say that it's the... It's getting better. I hear the experience is getting better. Um, and, I, and I do use 1Password a whole lot. But um, being able to have that in a keyboard is pr- makes it a lot easier. I think my only frustration, like if, if I could, I would be completely mobile. Like when I get home and I've been working all day, I just, I don't even want to touch uh, my laptop. I'm just like, no, I want to be on the couch, you know, and if I have to answer email or, or respond in Slack, like I just want to want to do that for my phone. And usually at night, the only reason I get my laptop out is if the one of the networks here that streams um, TV doesn't have a Chromecast built into their app. And that's like my biggest frustration. I'm like, I don't want to buy it. Sure, I can buy it off Google Play Music and, you know, spend $2 on an episode. But if I can just Chromecast it from my browser and save some money, then I'll do that. Um, but that's like probably one of the, when I get home, one of the only times... Um, I, I think it's great that he was just using his mobile device for everything because through that, you can see where are the frustration points. We're like, oh, this is really bad for our product that I can't do this, so we really need to fix it. And it's uh, always surprising to me that a lot of people that work in the mobile field, you know, most of their work is done on um on laptops, so they don't actually encounter a lot of the issues that are within their mobile apps because they actually don't use them that much. And I'm like, you're... You need to be testing on your mobile phone or your tablet, whatever your app is on, because your users are going to find those issues that you never tested because most of your work is done on the laptop. Yeah, definitely. The, the other group of people I've noticed this with, and I don't, I don't like pigeonholing people, so I'm not saying that, that all of these people are the same, but the older people in my life, so the, the grandparents and that sort of thing, as, as I've shown them just some of the things I can do with my phone, so we'll be going to a location and I'll just, you know, here's the Google Maps, here's the phone number if we want to, you know, make a booking, here's how long it's going to take to get there. And just the smallest things, like, you can see them looking on and they start asking questions. They're like, oh, like, oh, you just type that. Oh, that's how that works. And what, what do I need to make that work? Oh, I just need a, you know, a cellular connection. You know, I understand that. And I found almost universally, you know, having only been them, around them for like a few hours at a time, you know, while we're visiting and things like that, pretty much every single one of them has come back to me and says, I want, I want to buy one of these smartphone things. Like, which, which one do you recommend? And I think there's a really interesting future there of people that, don't necessarily have you know computers in their house using you know this this supercomputer that that you have that you can carry around with you you know using that instead i think there's there's huge potential for that yeah and that's another thing he kind of talks about how on the phone he really is looking for quick actions as opposed to it supporting him doing long processes um and another thing that i thought was kind of interesting though is that he did seem to be getting to just the crux of the problem of Leveraging this technology so that the device can do as can look as deeply as possible into what you're doing and predict where you're going with this action. And so, of course, he praises Google now. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Google on tap, uh, which is marvelous when it works, when <laughs> you have apps that are, that are wired up for it. Um, 
but uh, but it, but it really is uh, an exceptional solution to a lot of the problems he's talking about. But it's definitely not a thing that he, that he's ever going to be able to implement on iOS. Not until Apple decides that. Uh, to invite Google in on a partner on the lowest levels of its operating system. It's something that's easy. It would be easy even for a third party to do on an Android device, but uh, even something with someone with the cloud of Google. It makes me wonder if there's going to be a time where Google engineers are going to be frustrated by a vision for the future that they have that is within their grasp, but they can't make it work on iOS because they just don't have the access. And maybe if that's going to be the time when they really do decide that they have to fork Google services. Say so you're going to have to get a less rich experience. We're going to we're going to support iOS, of course, but you are not going to get the same experience that we can do on on Android. We will do it in a heartbeat if Apple lets us, but Apple is not going to let us. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and I, I don't think <laughs> I can't see Apple ever sort of relenting on that. And it, it's it's funny because you have this whole we were just talking about in the, the previous article this whole connected experience where your phone you know knows where you you might want to go and can predict you know the the various things that get there if that first part of it is missing so if you're on ios and you have to dive into an app um to get that sort of information and if i can't collect that information on you you know there's there's two ways to see that one way is like hey you know huge huge privacy win i'm so happy that this giant corporation doesn't have information on me but my side of it is like I want to give them that information. I physically can't. You know, there, there are times when I use an iPhone for work, you know, for, for weeks or months on end, and there are so many features like that that I miss. You know, I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to install the Google app and have to launch Google now. It just something about that doesn't feel natural. When you when you get used to the information coming to you, it feels very weird to have to sort of, you know, push push back the other way. Now, wondering if this could be a drive to get more users into the Android ecosystem, but I think by nature, usually the people that are on the Apple camp will stick, will hold on to their privacy, and that's kind of what they hold so dear. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know if them holding on to their privacy so much, but I think it's just if you haven't experienced what it feels like to to have that information come to you, I don't really know how you sell that to people. Like that's a that's a really hard thing to sell, to sell to someone that be like, hey, we can anticipate most of the things you want to do and we can save you a few taps because if you break down every single one of those choices like individually someone can be like well you know i can open a map app and search that's not a hard thing to do it's just and it's not it's really not but it's the combination of you know having that constantly available and just saving you so many small interactions like here and there that that really starts to add up over time yeah and it's it's really hard to get someone to switch to i mean i i switch certainly but that's because i i could be using android pretty much every day on an experimental basis without having to pay a, a cent to do so uh, right now the, the biggest uh, controversy inside the uh, apple rumor mill is that uh, apple is considering dropping the headphone jack off of the iphone 7 and forcing you to either use new digital headphones that connect through its proprietary data and charging port or to buy a dongle that will adapt have a digital analog converter and uh, and and make it work that way and it's something that apple can do because they real if if they decide that, that that it's better for everybody or even just better for them to have the iPhone designed that way, uh, that they're going to realize that people are probably not going to s- switch to Android and have to rebuy all of their apps and move all their data over to avoid buying a fifteen dollar dongle to keep using their favorite old headphones. Uh, and so uh, I hope that I hope that we don't run into a world where people stick with the iPhone or stick with an Android device because they think it'll be too hard or too inconvenient uh, because uh, the only reason why the iPhone is as strong as it is right now, the only reason why Android is as strong as it is right now is because uh, people have choice and they they keep fighting each other to produce the superior platform. 
Speaking of superior platforms. This episode of material is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter the offer code material at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. When it comes to giving yourself a place online, there's nowhere better than Squarespace. They put all the power that you need into your hands and take away the pain points, like worrying about hosting, scaling, or what to do if you get stuck with something. With Squarespace, you can build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of skill level, no coding required. It's intuitive and it's great to to use and they have all these wonderful and beautiful templates that are all responsive design. So it's going to work on your mobile phone, tablet, or desktop regardless of where you're viewing it. Your users are going to be able to access that site. Squarespace offers 24-7 support with live chat and email in case you get stuck and they have teams located all the way in New York, Dublin, and Portland. So you have someone that's always going to be there to help you regardless of the time. Squarespace offers an e-commerce platform, which allows you to add a store to their Squarespace site. It is rock solid, fast hosting, and so much more. You know, I I work in the web industry, and so many people come to me and are like, Yasmin, how much does it cost to get a site? I don't have very much money. And I'm always like, squarespace.com. Have you heard of that? That's a great place because you know what? Plans only start at $8 a month, and that's about how much hosting costs if you were to go with someone else. So you don't even have to worry about the security. Squarespace takes care of all of that. Um, I love Squarespace and I think it's a great tool. It even is a great tool if you're starting out in podcasting and are wondering, how am I going to host all my audio files? Where am I going to keep all this information? I want to get a podcast, but I don't even know where to start. Squarespace allows you to do that and it is a great way. So if you're interested in getting to the podcasting space, I recommend Squarespace. Start a free trial with no credit card required and start building your website today by going to squarespace.com forward slash material. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code material to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for material. We want to thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, build it beautiful. So one other thing happened this week that got me super excited and I, I know I'm a developer so sometimes I have you know slightly dis- different perspectives to normal people but Google Play finally got promo codes and for those of yeah, you that yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, I know Andy knows what this means I'm sure Yasmin does as well what it means is something we've been able to do on iOS for the longest time is you have a reviewer or a family member or someone who want, wants to check out your app and your only option up till now has been well buy my app and then you can check it out which in, in most cases is fine but in some cases you know when you're talking to someone from a giant website and they have to go through really weird ways of even getting four dollars worth of money it's it's not very nice to say yeah can you buy it and then i'll give you a refund and then you won't be able to download <laughs> any updates but you know in, in, you'll be able to review it just for that short amount of time so what it, it means now is i can actually send those people a promo code and when they redeem that code, it's as if they'd bought the app. So no difference to you know them having to pay pay for it, which is it's just as a developer, I'm yeah I'm just over the moon about this. And it's been so long in coming. You know every year Google sends out an annual survey to developers saying, hey, what what kind of things would you like us to change? And every year I type in that little box promo codes. I, I need promo codes. Can I have promo codes? Can I have? And it, it finally arrived. And I I'm just about to use it this week for the first time. But from what I've heard it. It, you know, it works flawlessly. You can just redeem the code, boom, you know, you've got the app. And that, I know that sounds like a simple thing to some people, but that's, yeah, it, it's amazing that, that we can finally do that. Yeah, like what, what opportunities have you been missing because you don't have promo code codes? I'll, I'll say that my selfish thing is that, you know, it's, I, I know it's only three bucks. I know it's only a buck, but it's a lot of three bucks. And it's a lot of bucks. And every, when you, by the time you get to like two things that I bought to review, I don't know if I'm going to write, that, that's a burrito. 
That's a burrito <laughs> that I that that's has been taken out of my mouth and stomach. Yeah. But what? But what's? <laughs> but, but so what? But uh, what promote? What opportunities to promote and distribute? Like, have you been missing out on because you don't have promo codes? Well, you'd be surprised. We've missed out on quite a few, and it's often the bigger websites. So it, it's weird. I found the smaller websites will just buy the app. You know, they'll review it. They, they won't even send you an email saying, "Can we have a promo code?" But the bigger sites that are used to reviewing iOS apps. They don't. It's not that they don't have the budget. It's more that they don't have the approval for the budget. So these are people that work for a company. They're not going to put the app on their personal credit card, but they also don't have a company card that they can put it on without filling out, you know, tons of forms and waiting two weeks for approval. So when those people contact us and they say, you know, hey, can we please have a promo code for Pocket Cast? It feels really awkward to have to write back and say, I'm sorry, but Google Play doesn't provide promo codes. You know, the best I can do you is you can buy it on your personal card and I can go in and refund it. But like I said before, that comes at the expense of, you know, if we happen to release an update, you won't be able to get the update because Google Play um, will think you haven't bought it. And that that has actually led to some people saying, oh, sorry, thanks, but, you know, I'd love to review Pocket Cast, but I can't, which is for, for such a thing, like a small thing like that, you're like, oh, you know, if only we have promo code. So that that's the kind of thing that developers will, will be able to do. Now, I think you get... 500 per quarter or something like that so you, you get a certain amount that you can distribute um and in the next quarter you know that number renews and you can distribute that again and the, that does seem reasonable so it stops people you know just being able to sell their app outside of the the store and be like hey get, give me five dollars and i'll give you a promo code like they've <laughs> that, that at least sort of rules that side of it out so i think it's it's a positive thing yeah, the one thing that I'm still um, hoping for is the ability for me as a user, not as a developer, to buy a, an app that I want to gift to someone. Because there's so many times where I'm like, oh, I want you to use this. And the same thing comes up, uh, Andy, where they're like, ah, $3. And I'm like, no, it's worth it. Like, I will hand you $3 right now. And then it goes into this whole thing of like, no, 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 I have $3. I just don't want to spend it. I'm like, oh, I wish I could just gift you this. Like, I don't want to go through that whole process. I just want to gift it to you because there's some so many apps that I want people to be using. Um, so Google, if you're listening, users want to gift apps. Yeah, that, that's the other thing that I've been writing on these annual developer surveys is there, there needs to be a way to gift apps as well because we have so many of our, our users that are so passionate. They're like, oh, I love this app so much. I'd really like to give it to this person in my life. You know, is there some way you can make that happen? And it's, it's sad to tell them, like, I don't have control over these things. Like, I, I can't make it happen. But you know, Google, Google can, and hopefully that's, you know, that's not too far off because these, these two things do seem related. You know, they've given us a way as developers to give our app um, a way to free for, for someone. It's, it's probably, you know, fairly, fairly similar to be able to say, okay, now this person wants to buy this app for this person that, you know, same, same sort of thing. But hopefully they'll be, they won't be like Apple where it limits you to country. Because I've had that issue where, like, say uh, if I wanted to buy Russell the Pocket Cast app on iOS, I wouldn't be able to because I'm in the U.S. and Russell is in Australia. And it would be like, you have to be in Australia to gift that app in oh, order for you to redeem that. That's interesting. So, I didn't know that that restriction was in place. And I only know this because uh, when I was a part of the app.net community, there was this uh, hashtag called ADN gift. And it was a way to kind of uh, buy apps for, for people as a gift in order to encourage developers to develop for the system. And I remember someone bought me an app, but they were in Canada and I couldn't redeem it because uh, they were <laughs> they were in Canada. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's it's I think there are challenges in all app stores for both uh, developers and users alike. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I've, I've been looking at different Twitter clients uh, for my Android phone and Phoenix looks really cool, but it's $5 and 69 cents. 
And that's not, a, again, not a lot of money. But the one deal-breaking feature is that I really needed to have a widget that lets me uh, not just have a Twitter timeline, but also just see, like, at mentions for, uh, of my account in there. Because that's I have a full-page, like, widget for a couple different things. Because that's my – I've got – 10 seconds before I have to do a podcast or before I have to, the, the cabin doors close. I just want to flip through to see, see what my world looks like. It would be worth five, it would, might not be worth 569 if it doesn't have that capability. And that's, uh, it's, there's just something in my Boston Puritan fishing colony ethic that says, I don't know if I want to spend 569 and then find out, just to find out if it has this feature or not. And then you go to the website. And it really just has the same screenshots it has in the Google Play Store, and there aren't any contact like uh, contact uh, details. And it's like, at some point, I might have. At some point, I'm gonna like clean the sofa, and then I'm gonna like empty the the vacuum cleaner, and I'll find five dollars and seventy five cents in change, and then maybe I'll say that that's God's sign that I should take a risk on Phoenix. Otherwise, <laughs> it's I can at my at my market I can get a, a pumpkin pie for like six dollars. And when it comes to I, – I know what that pumpkin pie – it's a really good pumpkin pie and I haven't had like pie in the house for a month and a half. I would much rather have the reality of that pie than the possibility of a Phoenix Twitter widget. Oh, I'm the same, Andy. And to make it worse, I'm a developer. So I of all people should know better. I think the thing is like it's just part of the human condition. Like I will happily you know, give $100 to charity. I will happily you – know, if I'm out to lunch with someone, they're like, oh, you know, I'm $5 short. I'd be like, whatever, like here's $5, you know, go buy yourself lunch. But I think the difference is there you know exactly what you're getting. To spend $5 and then potentially have to delete the app you know, two hours later, that that that's the bit that feels like, oh, I've, I've wasted money. And there's, I think there's something in built in most people that, you know, you, you don't waste money. You can't just, you know, throw money into the air. You don't burn money for warmth, to, for, you know, for example, in your, in your fireplace. And that, I think there's something about this that feels the same. You're like, oh, but I, I could waste this $5, you know. I may never use this app again. Is this really something I want to do? Or rather, you'd like to waste it on something fun like again a pumpkin pie or mm. even like a renting a movie that sounds like it's so miserably bad you would enjoy watching it with three of your friends <laughs> i think the only thing in the store at the moment that lets you do that is there's a this return window changes constantly so i'm unable to keep up but i think it's a two-hour return window where if you install an app from google play and you uninstall it within that two-hour window you actually get an automatic refund. But again, that's changed so many times that there used to be 24 hours and it was one hour. Then it was, I think at one stage it was 25 minutes. I don't, I don't know what it is these days. I, I can't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it still might be at two hours, which I have used that once because I remember I was when I was searching for a good icon pack that I could use on my home screen, I saw this one and it was really beautiful and it was like all the icons were just white. And I was like, ooh like it would make everything in unison and it would be so pretty and then once i installed it within five minutes i was like uh-uh i cannot use this like i can't find out which app is which because hey guess what there's a reason for color it distinguishes things so you could tell the apps apart um so i use that return window which i think is really helpful because i was able to take a leap of faith and wondering like will this icon pack work for me i'm like no 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 i actually no it does not work for me i need to return that yeah. I just checked the I just checked the support.google.com and it is a two hour window. It used to be a lot shorter than that. So maybe I should just go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and do that. But yeah, it's it's just, it's just, just buy it, Andy. What if it Yeah, but it's, it, again it's like uh uh, uh I, I was look I, I forget what, what other app I was looking for, but it was a category of 
I'm, I'm sorry. This, I don't think this was an Android app, but it was a. Uh, uh, I was looking for an iPad app that was for my iPad Pro that would be a note taker, like that would really be good at taking ink notes. And I just uh, and the App Store uh, on iOS has no return policy whatsoever. And I found that I really did have to buy like five or six different apps, and some of them are free, and some of them are just ninety nine cents with like buy, uh, pay for add ons. But sometimes you really can't. You don't have a list of these three things you need to check to see if it works. You really need to spend a day or two. And so sometimes there's a a, a minor hidden cost that the app that I settled that that I that I chose cost five dollars and i was happy to pay it but i had to pay like 15 or 16 dollars to decide that that was the best one and i would much rather have been able to give 15 dollars to this one developer uh and give him or her a better chance of being able to support themselves solely with their with their art yeah no i, I definitely agree with that and it, it's slightly complicated in twitter apps i i know they probably can't give free trials because every single token that you register against their app is one of the the hundred thousand sort of hard limit that they have with twitter but in other cases, I think a, a trial system would be really good, especially if your app starts to be like in the productivity space. Like if you want $15 or $20 or $25 from someone, it, it is weird to ask for that amount of money and not have some kind of free trial. And I know you can create an app and then you can have an unlock code, but it starts to get really complicated. It would be nice if um, both Google and Apple just acknowledge that this needs to be a thing going forward. And they actually build it into into their app stores, or just hire someone to spend to give a really good video demo of the entire app and just put that on the site. That that'll that'll be good enough for me. That that's my guilty pleasure. Like I sometimes when I want to relax, I go on YouTube and find apps and just look at their uh, video product videos. Okay, my am, am I the only one that does that? I just <laughs> I'm like face pressed what? against the window. <laughs> Hoping that Santa will bring you a new Slack client. Yeah, we've I've been on the other the other end of those where we actually film some of those. And the problem is to make a good one, you have to hire someone that's talented. You have to pay them what they're worth, and you have to have them for like a you know a, probably a day worth of of filming if you're going to film actual shots and uh, a day worth of editing. And then the problem is you update your app and you've invalidated this window. I, I have this one that is my absolute favorite. I'll see if I can dig it up for the show notes, but it features, you know, my brother walking down the street and he's waiting for a bus and he wh- whips out pocket casts and he's changing what he's listening to. And we've dubbed like audio over the top. I just really love <laughs> that video and how it's produced, but the interface no longer looks like that. So I'm like, oh, we, we can't use this video anymore. <laughs> you just got to get like, someone to edit that in, the new app, to just yeah. like edit in the video. Those are, I don't know, those are my favorites. I'm like, ooh, look at that feature. I could use that feature. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, uh, no, this is a little bit more of like than you needed to know about Yasmin. But hey, look, Android has got you covered. If you've been on the fence for a Chromecast, you're like, I don't know if I want to spend $35 again. $35 is not, it's not really not that much, but that's like an entire pumpkin pie that Andy could be eating. That's a, you know, and he, he loves his pumpkin pie. And so Google has given users of Android pay. If they use Android pay 10 times before, I believe it's February, you will be before February 29th, 2016, you will receive a free Chromecast. So every time you use Android pay, whether you're at Trader Joe's, um, Sprouts, what, what, I'm not sure actually, I don't know if Sprouts is a Android pay um, store, but any of those stores that use Android pay, you just tap it and boom, there goes one purchase. And then, you know, maybe the next day you're like, hey, I need to go get another salad and then tap it again and boom, there goes another purchase. And you only have to do that 10 times until February 29th and you get the Chromecast for free. 
Um, and so I think that's pretty neat. And on your first tap, you get a free song of your choice. And on the fourth tap, you get another song. So it's kind of cool. Um, and I really think that they're just wanting people to use Android Pay because uh, recently they just had the free $20 gift card to Best Buy if you use Android Pay. Um, so Andy is, is typing in the Slack room why I'm laughing during this because he's like, hey, perhaps this is a little desperate. <laughs> <laughs> I was referring to us, you know, trying to count oh, on advertisers, oh. but, it, but it applies to what we're talking about as well. It's like, uh, I mean, I, I was just pleasantly surprised to find that, oh, here's here's your free $20 gift card to Best Buy because, oh my God, somebody used Google Wallet Android Pay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Maybe if we give him money every time he uses it, like he'll buy, yes, he can only afford to buy like a Celine Dion CD or something at Best Buy, but still. As I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that they're promoting. Uh, I'm glad they're, they're promoting Android Pay. Uh, I'm seeing the, now when I shop, I'm seeing like all the different signages are now included. Now including the Android Pay logo instead of Google Wallet or instead of the generic like little W swoosh. Uh, but I, I was. It just gets me wondering: Are they more desperate? Do they think that Google Wallet, uh, Android Pay, is in more trouble, or if it's that Chromecast is in more trouble? <laughs> I think if I had to guess, I think Chromecast is is doing just fine. Like I've seen a lot of those in in people's homes. Not not so much the latest model because for some reason, again, they don't sell that in Australia. Goodness knows why. But I'm excited because Android Pay is coming here in February. We're we're going to miss out on this promotion, obviously. Mm. But just the fact that it, it's actually going to roll out and I'm actually going to be able to use it on my phone, I, I think is cool. And I think it, it it maybe is a little desperate to be offering all these you know promos and things like that. but i i think it's it's it's, it's, funny. it's better than what they did in the google wallet days like a lot of people before you tell them they have an android phone did you know you have google wallet they'd be like what what are you talking about i don't i don't know what you're talking about i've never heard of google wallet and i think google didn't do a a, a terribly good job of promoting that to the the general public even the people that had their phones you know, in, in most cases, didn't know that they could use this. I think if they can improve that with Android Pay and you know, put up stickers in in stores and you know, just do promos like this to get more people to use it, I I think that's that's a good thing. You know, it, it means it's probably going to be you know still here in a year's time, and we're not going to be talking about the the replacement to Android Pay, new Google Al- Pay, <laughs> Google Pay, Alphabet Pay. <laughs> I think they're just tapping into the whole like fun of, of gamify, gamifying something, right? It's like you on your first tap, you get a song of your choice. On the fourth tap, you get another song of your choice. And then on the 10th tap, you get the free <laughs> Chromecast. So I don't know. It's um, it's kind of fun because I, I used this uh, when I was on my trip. And me and my husband were like fighting over who gets to pay because I want the I want the tap for for Android Pay. Um, I'll pay for your lunch. Don't exactly. worry. I, I got this because I love you so much. Hey, you realize we have like the same shared bank account. Okay, whatever. I mean, we can talk about that. No, no. But I think it was kind of fun, and I think they're actually what it, they're doing is is encouraging kind of the gift cards that are found within Android Pay, that it's not just a way for make to make payments, but it's also another way to store your gift cards because the gift card was given to you in Android Pay like within the app so that you can actually use it. And then the way that the Tap 10 is... is um, is in the Android Pay app. It kind of looks like another gift card where it's like it's something that you tap on and it opens up and then it tells you all the information. So I, I think it's just a fun feature. Um, I mean, I guess if they're giving away Best Buy gift cards and then Chromecast maybe a little bit desperate but you know what i'm not complaining i am enjoying all these wonderful things because android pay is awesome i do wonder if they've missed out on a massive opportunity here like you've seen how a lot of these games do it they're like you can have your chromecast in three hours 
Or you can have it right now if you just buy some gems. Uh, I think they, they need to get into that game. They'll be like, oh, I've only got 15 gems, but a, a Chromecast costs 85 gems. Oh, I guess I should just do this in-app purchase for $35 and, and get my Chromecast. No, they should, they, they'll, they'll do what Microsoft did uh, with, the, with their Xbox store where you can only buy credits and, and numbers in quantities of prime numbers and, all the, and all, the, all the prices are even numbers. So you can never buy enough just to exactly cover your purchase. But you know, I, I was I was in that I was in that group too. I didn't. I, I it took testing uh, the new Apple Pay on the new iPhone six last year to remind me that the Nexus five that had been in my pocket for almost a year was able to do this exact same thing in ten seconds to link it to uh, to, to one of my credit cards. Um, but it's it's uh, transportation and payments are really just entering a, such an interesting metamorphosis. I mean, uh, just last month I was out to dinner with eight of my friends, and you, you get to the uh, part where we split up the check and it used to be the most complicated thing that we'd involve our phones for would be you know using a tip calculator to figure out how much now what happened was uh, one of our one of my friends who has a square account plugged a square <laughs> doohickey into uh, into the his uh, his his, uh, his phone jack on his iPhone everybody passed over their their credit cards and swiped he he put the entire thing on his credit card and everybody swiped in and paid him either through the square or through <laughs> android pay or uh, or paypal the exact dollar amount that was that was owed and it was i just i just sat back and thought things are changing all around me i am a time traveler from the 1920s and I have to relearn how everything works all over again. It's the social aspect, not just the technology. So I have a really funny story about this. So at work, we have a fifty. Uh, we have a soda machine, and it's fifty cents. <laughs> and every once in a while, around three o'clock, Yasmin gets her like caffeine craving, and I look in my wallet, and I don't have any single dollars. And so I go into Slack, and I'm like. Does anyone have 50 cents? And then like someone will magically come appear to my desk and hand me 50 cents to go get a soda, which is which is awesome. But it boy <laughs> <laughs> has me. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you have a little tattered more? shawl you take out of your desk drawer for extra effect. Please, sir. Please, sir. May, may I have 50 cents? I want a latte. Can I spare a latte? <laughs> and it's really and it's sad because sometimes people don't have change. And it's like, oh, Yasmin doesn't get her soda and she doesn't want to walk out somewhere to go go buy it or whatever. Um, so I've had that many, like, happen so many times. But if the machine actually had, like, Android Pay or Apple Pay, that wouldn't be a problem. I would buy, be buying so many sodas. And I actually ran into a vending machine. We were at this uh, Arizona Desert Museum over the, over the weekend. And the vending machines accepted... Uh, tap and pay and it was awesome i was like i'm not even hungry but who wants a snack like <laughs> let's let's go do it and there the another uh cool machine that accepted tap and pay at the same place was actually a photo booth so my, my family and i i'm going to show you guys right here oops where, where is it we just got these fun little photo booth because it was like, hey, they accept tap and pay and we have our <laughs> cell phones. We don't have to get our credit cards out. Like, why not? And so things that we might have never been able to purchase because we don't ever carry cash with us, we were able to do via tap and pay. And I was like, the future is awesome. It's not only that, but it's also like, you know, tricking us as consumers into doing stupid things because, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there is uh, at the commuter rail station uh, near my house. The soda, the vending machines do accept tap and pay, and uh, it's like maybe a forty-five minute train ride into the city. And so maybe I want a soda, maybe I don't want a soda. But the thing is, 
it's not costing me any money. I, I don't have to. I don't have to have any change in my pocket. I don't have to like even use a credit card. I'm just holding my phone up to it. It's not like it's costing me anything. So of course I'm going to buy it. Uh, and it's the same thing. Like kind of comes into play almost every time I use Tap and Pay. I'm, I'm aware that it's costing me money, but I'm not <laughs> quite as aware as maybe I should be. Uh, and if it keeps people a little bit stupid about spending money, uh, all the better. But I mean that, that's that's these, these simple things that are the Jetsons world of the future. Like I no longer have to between uh the, between the soda machines and the fact that the ticketing is now can be purchased through a phone app. I used to be like, oh, god, dang it! I gotta wake up. I gotta set the alarm a half hour earlier because I only have four dollars in cash on me, so I have to go to an ATM on my way to the commuter rail station. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the thing that's 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 most dangerous. I downloaded the coca-cola vending machine app Uh-oh. that's like if, if you go to like a fast food restaurants they have those machines that uh have like syrups for like 40 different drinks and uh what i always do is because like you can I, i've quickly realized that you don't have to simply choose your one drink and then it fills the cup and that's it you can basically manually so i want <laughs> like a, i've got a 32 ounce large soda so i want like eight ounces of dr pepper and the rest of it diet dr pepper or i will do like uh i will do <laughs> the most complicated one is like one quarter of the way real coke then two-thirds of the way coke zero and then fill the rest <laughs> with minute made lemonade which makes it – it gets me a little bit of sweet. It gets me a little bit of like the lemony, uh, lemony add-on taste. Now I found out that – because I found – I downloaded this app because I found out that there is actually – I don't know if it's uh, Wi-Fi or NFC. But now you can pre-program your special combo uh-huh. mixes and just like tap a button that says, give me Andy's th- Magic Thinking <laughs> Juice number three. <laughs> wow. And, this, oh, and, that and is I, awesome. I, this, this, this is how addicted I am to like cool technology and soda. <laughs> That's, it's it's an old style Android app, so it doesn't have the new uh, Android six notifi- uh, uh, permissions. It just simply says, "We want access to every phone call you've ever made, every text message you've ever made, all your photos, all your GPS information." And I hesitated for like ten seconds, and I said, "I'll try it once, okay? I'll let it have access to all my contacts once, just to see. I'll, I'll put it. I'll put a network analyzer on it just to see. But let's. I let me just do this once. We're." St- some of us are stupid when it comes to being consumers and not doing things that are in our best interest because we want our tasty beverages and we want to simply, oh, look, all I had to do is hold up my phone and it gave me a, a Zagnot bar. <laughs> oh, I think this I, may I'm be so the, the most American thing I've, I've ever heard on the show. <laughs> As you can see, like both me and Andy's faces are like lighting up. We're like, ooh, you can select your own drink. And I'm like, no, this sounds horrible. <laughs> Well, of course, you're under the you're under the iron thumb of that queen, you know. Because we live in a in a free system of democracy, if we want to have a three combination syrup soda, all is required is for free enterprise to grant us that wish. Hey, we don't uh, have uh, to bow to any earthly uh, earthly monarch. I will not have you say bad things about Elizabeth. She she is the most badass queen that uh, has ever existed. <laughs> Long live uh, I don't know a full name. Yeah. Long live the queen. <laughs> the and queen. That, Long live I, the queen. That's the one. Chicks on the stamps. <laughs> and with that, I think it's time to close material. Material. Andy, where can people find you and your wonderful uh, soda experiments? 
As always, uh, spell my last name, I-H-N as in Nancy, A-T-K-O. I'm Anatko on Twitter, which has uh, synaptic misfirings all the live long day and also links to things I'm writing and podcasting. And you can also go to my blog at anatko.com. And Russell, where can uh, people keep up with you? Uh, they can find me at Rusty Shelf on Twitter. Just those two words jammed together. Or if you want to check out the, the things that I work on, shiftyjelly.com. And you can find me at, at Yasmin Avian on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at, at Material Podcast. You can email us feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web where you can also sponsor us at relay.fm forward slash material. Until next time, stay in material. <gasps> she said it. <laughs> I liked it better the old <laughs> Oh, stay. It was more material. of a fantasy sort of element to it. Ah, uh, stay disembodied everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? It can it can be whatever you want it to mean. I Again, I'm sorry. You just need to fumble out the words. Stay zero. Well, it just made me realize how much I mumble over my words because everyone was, it was like 50 <laughs> 50. No one knew what I was saying. And I go, <laughs> and I was wondering, I was like, has anyone ever really thought what that means? Like, I just completely pulled that out of my butt. Like, I was just like, stay in material. I, I did not, I've never <laughs> thought about it. It's your impenetrable Southwestern accent. <laughs> All right, everyone. Um, hey, and cool tip, the new Pocket Cast app on Android, you can say, okay, material, play material podcast uh, in Pocket Cast. Is that the right words? Yes, except yeah. you substitute Google for the, the first material. This is a, yes. uh, a really complex <laughs> we thing. Want, we follow. didn't want to overthrow the rise of the machines. That's why. <laughs> So just substitute one of those materials for Google and then we'll be good. And then you can have this wonderful podcast open up in your favorite podcasting app. I, and I'm I should sure really add a feature that's just okay material, play material for the rest of my life, just on repeat. <gasps> Never ending. <laughs> in that purchase to make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, dear listener. I've always wondered if people stay this long, but if you have, you may have noticed that this week's episode features a few more audio glitches than we normally have, a few coughs, <coughs> a few sniffs, a few uh, Skype artifacts. We had a catastrophic recording failure. Luckily, we had some backups, though, so uh, I managed to insert some of those in. And for those of you that are still angry, I want to play you what it sounded like to edit this podcast. I'm going to leave you with this haunting nightmare. Maybe, Maybe a little bit, but, but you know what? I'm, I'm not complaining. complaining. I am I enjoying, enjoying all these wonderful, wonderful things. Because because group pay is awesome. I do wonder if they missed out on a massive opportunity here. Like you, you've, you've seen, seen how a lot of these games do it. Like you can have your Chromecast in three hours, or you can have it right now.